Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay. Looks like we're live. We're letting it breathe, Broncos Country. It's a very unorthodox podcast tonight for the Thursday night Mile High Mailbag for this week. As you can see, to my left, I have John Cronenberg, a.k.a. Buona Beast. I am Zach Kelberman. Chad Jensen, unfortunately, our normal host for this this podcast. He has a uh, a death in the family. I'm sure most of you guys follow that on Twitter. We all wish Chad well. Uh, condolences, thoughts, and prayers to Chad's family. He's taking tonight off to grieve and to go through that process, and we all support him. Tonight, it's uh, John and I. Mailbag time, John. Broncos injury report, Thursday report, heading into Sunday. Got some Patriots news. This matchup is becoming full strength, close to full strength. So how are you doing tonight? Mm-hmm. I'm doing well. Excited to talk some Broncos here. Again, condolences go out to uh, Chad and everything he's going yeah. through. Uh, but excited to talk Broncos football with you all. And uh, really just ex- really excited to get this Patriots game over with. It's been forever. It's right. time to get on the field again. I mean, the last time the Broncos played a game, it feels like it was before masks. It feels like it was years ago that the Broncos last played a football game. So I'm definitely ready for Sunday. And uh, I I know that Chad's probably watching us tonight. And again, uh, we wish you well. So sorry for your loss and everyone out there. All Broncos country supports you. But, uh, John, right before we went live tonight, we had some interesting news about the Broncos rival signing a certain running back who hit the open market. Uh, you know, it wasn't the Broncos with Le'Veon Bell like we thought yesterday. They had no interest there. But Le'Veon Bell did go to the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I'm not sure of the contract details. Maybe you saw that. I'm sure it's a – No, it's pretty fresh. It's pretty yeah. fresh. I haven't seen anything yet. But it's a pretty big signing for them. Gives them a lot of options to the, for the Chiefs. And honestly, it just felt like another hit for Broncos fans just because <laughs> – you know, we're looking for any good news for us, and it it just did not set well with me. But it is what it is. Uh, what were your thoughts on Bell? Can he really add that much to the Chiefs, considering they were doing so well with Edwards Hilaire? The, the rich get richer, and, and it sucks for Broncos country because they just lost a running back. Not lost a running back, but a running back got a DUI. And Melvin Gordon's in the news for the wrong reasons, and the Chiefs are in the news for the right reasons. He should add some value to that team. I just wonder about the locker room compatibility. They're pretty well-cultured there, established in Kansas City. You have someone like Le'Veon Bell coming in and mudding up the waters. 
what he can do if he's the the Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bell, he can bring a new element to that offense. And Andy Reid's offense with Patrick Mahomes, the sky's the limit. But if it's the Jets version of Le'Veon Bell, he brings nothing to the table. And I would rather, if I was the Chiefs coach or fan, give those carries to C-E-H. That's a tough acronym to say. Yeah, uh, one thing I'm I'm seeing from him now is he's not getting those big play chunk yards like he used to get. Um, From my understanding, he hasn't had a 20-yard-plus run since 2017. So I'm not sure what kind of player you're getting here. Um, It's just going to be someone who can be a rotational running back. It's just the name, hearing that name recognition adds a little bit of, uh, come on, another player goes to the Chiefs for cheap. Uh, they seem to just get these players to come in, have some cap magic, and always be able to work that somehow. Uh, but at the same time, is he going to be the same guy from Pittsburgh? No, I don't think so at all. They seem to like these veteran running backs. Last year it was LaShawn McCoy. This year it's Le'Veon Bell. We see, though, we will see Bell more than likely and the Kansas City Chiefs next week. The Broncos are scheduled to play the Chiefs. Interesting game. It's another uh, tough matchup for the Broncos defense, but not an unbeatable matchup for the Broncos. But what's at hand right now, John, is the Patriots on Sunday. You talked about it. It feels like they haven't played in weeks. This game was rescheduled twice. It's time to take down New England, hopefully, and then go into that Kansas City game with some momentum. Uh, I agree with you there. We'll uh, definitely talk about the Patriots in a little bit, especially their yeah. injury report. Um, oh, yeah. Some interesting stuff going on there. Uh, so, but real quickly, do you want to get going on some matters of yeah. business? I uh, just want to let you guys know that this is the Huddle Up podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Huddle Up pod dot or at Huddle Up pod. Follow the mothership, as it were, at Mile High Huddle. Get your swag at huddleuppod.com. Uh, we, I will share real quick. Let's see if I can do a quick screen share and show you one of our new items that Christy made. You can see Christy's design. Looks beautiful. Very she did cool. it herself. So glad to see that. And uh, also, just remember, the simplest thing you can do to help us is just do a like uh, subscribe, like, and share. It's an organic way to help us grow. Uh, gets it out to other Broncos fans that we can add to the community and uh, speak to and get some different opinions because that's always what it's about, getting better Broncos fans, getting better as uh, football fans together. And that's been one of the big uh, marks for me as well. Uh, and just if you're as well on Facebook, go ahead to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Become a, a Facebook superstar. Appreciate that as well. Yeah, on huddleuppod.com, guys, there's so many other products as well. There's there's hoodies, there's face masks, there's hats, there's T-shirts, there's tank tops. Mm-hmm. Anything and everything that fits your fancy is on huddleuppod.com. So if you want to patronize the store, be sure to check that out. And real quick, guys, before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast tonight, we want to bring your attention to our sponsor for this evening's pod, sportsbetting.com, Broncos Country. Gambling is now legal in the state of Colorado, and here's what makes sportsbetting.com a no-brainer for sports fans. Sharp odds and low juice. They have in-house bookmakers. They're not a third-party provider of odds, guys. Reduced juice and best prices. Also, hassle-free bonuses. A one-time rollover means the bonus money is yours after you bet it one time, whereas other sites, competitor sites, range from five to 30 times. Big difference. Finally, 24-7 live customer support. You are always getting a real person in the U.S., never a robot, always a real person. But here's the kicker. At sportsbetting.com, you get a 100% risk-free week of sports betting up to $500. Not just one bet, but all of your bets. 
Play for a week, and if your losses exceed your winnings at the end of the week, sportsbetting.com will cover 100% of the difference, up to $500 with a one-time rollover. So head on over to sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle. That's sportsbetting.com slash milehighhuddle and capitalize on a risk-free week of sports betting up to $500. And I've done, you know, a little bit with sportsbetting.com. It's been it's been really fun for me. Uh, I'm just kind of a simpleton, so I'm just doing over-unders really, honestly, at this right. point. But it's still enjoyable, and that, that's been one of the few things where last week I did it for the first time, and it was a great time. So uh, definitely yeah. take advantage of that one week uh, free 500. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Guys, everybody wants to find a way to make a difference and make an impact in the world. A lot of times people get too caught up with our lives. Things are happening. We got jobs. We got families. We got school. We got things going on. We don't always have the means to get around to doing that. But here's what's cool about Core Seltzer. You can actually make a difference by just enjoying a great, great drink. And here's how it works. Core Seltzer is launching the world's easiest volunteer program. By simply cracking open a can of Core Seltzer, you're volunteering. Because our waterways, let's face it, they're at risk. 80% of America's rivers are drying up. Through a partnership, though, with Change the Course, Coors Seltzer is helping to protect and restore America's rivers. Here's how that works. Each 12-pack of Coors Seltzer restores 500 gallons of fresh water to U.S. rivers and the communities that depend on them. The way it shakes out, 1 billion gallons of water get restored to 16 river basins across the U.S., and that's just year one. Here's what's great, though, about Coors Seltzer itself. Not only are you making a difference in the world simply by purchasing Coors Seltzer, but you also get to enjoy naturally flavored black cherry, mango, lemon lime, and grapefruit. I particularly like the black cherry, and the specs are in. Coors Seltzer is 4.5% ABV, and it's only 90 calories. As someone who covers the NFL and a giant football fan, there's nothing I like more than kicking back on a Sunday morning, getting my spread, getting my food, getting my drinks, putting on a full slate of NFL action, and kicking back with a Coors Seltzer. Whether it's a black cherry, a mango, lemon, lime, Chad, I live for football and kicking back with my Coors Seltzer each and every single game week. Amen. So join the world's easiest volunteer program, gang, by simply drinking Core Seltzer. You can volunteer to restore America's rivers. You buy Core Seltzer. You help restore 500 gallons of water into America's rivers. Guys, it's that simple. Who would have guessed saving the world could be that easy? Visit CoreSeltzer.com to find Core Seltzer near you. That's CoreSeltzer.com. 
For every 12-pack sold through 831-2021, Coors will purchase services from Change the Course to restore 500 gallons of fresh river water. Details at CoorsSeltzer.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. But, John, let's clear some of these super chats before we yes. lose the, uh, the, the, the stream for tonight. Let's Let's, let's, let's start get... with Steven. You got the – okay. Yeah. Sorry. Ah, there we go. Great minds. Steven jumping in, $10 donation, says, hey, hey guys, uh, hashtag state of being, hashtag Dever Broncos for life, go Big Red. Appreciate you, Steven, as always. John, you want to add something about uh, your Madden uh, competitor? No, first of all, we've played Madden a few times. I I, I think we're three and one. Uh, Steven's beating me, but he has a far superior team. So we'll we'll talk another time. But uh, let's change go Big Red to Sco Buffs, and then we're good. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Appreciate you, Steven. Thank you. Christian I'm jumping watching. in. Five dollars. Thank you so so much, Christian. Quickly becoming John a mile high, you know, huddle super chat superstar. Thank you so yes. so much, Christian. He goes. I think a tackle like Alex Leatherwood should be our top priority in next year's draft. I wasn't a fan of Trickles early mock draft at all. I haven't seen Trickles early mock draft, so I can't uh, I can't comment on that. I will say though, if it's on a quarterback, John, in the first round of next year's draft, which I don't think it will be. I'm not giving up on Drew Locke just yet. No. It has to be an offensive lineman. If there's one thing this debacle with Elijah Wilkinson and Juwan James showed us, you can never have too many capable right tackles. And it's finally time the Broncos develop that guy, the young guy, not some veteran, not some washed up has been a young guy with upside. So, yes, first round, John, has to be either a guard or a tackle. It's got to be. Yeah, and I think uh, Eric had it being an edge lineman from, uh, I believe, Miami. Um so, I mean, definitely edge, you know, depending on what happens with Von Miller in the future. I don't see there being a need quite right now. I think a tackle would be would be a great uh, piece at addition. Uh, Leatherwood seems like he could be a fit where uh, the Broncos may be picking. Uh, so I think that's right. a, a fantastic uh, match as well. Uh, so that's definitely a, an option. And I think the Broncos would be delighted to at least explore that and have that be an opportunity when it comes draft time and we see actually where the Broncos land because right now it, you know it doesn't matter where we land at number eight this week it we still have 12 weeks That's to true. go so very good point yeah I, if the broncos had their offensive line figured out and they had lock as the quarterback of the future just set in stone i could say maybe going edge but you have von miller likely coming back you have bradley chubb reverting to 2018 bradley chubb i wouldn't personally go edge but i definitely respect trickles uh, opinion in mock draft christian jumping back in another five dollar donation again thank you so so much christian thank he you. goes also, I keep seeing in the comments section of your article earlier about tanking for Trevor. What do you guys have to say about that? John, you want to kick it off? I, I have no reason to think the Broncos are tanking for Trevor. I don't think any team is tanking for Trevor, honestly. Every single coach, player, every single snap matters to them. This is their livelihood. Uh, every single play, you're on tape. Even if your ball isn't going to you, I want to see your work ethic on that play. So I, I don't see any teams really tanking at all period i mean it's just one of those things where people say it, it it looks good it's a nice thing to say for your fan base to try to make something out of a horrible year right. try to make sense of it but let's be honest no team is really tanking uh and if there is a team doing it that that is just horrible on so many different levels I can see the Jets doing it, but knowing the Jets are too stupid to pick Trevor Lawrence anyway if they get the number one overall pick. So, right, uh, right. You know, one of those New York teams is destined to end up number one overall pick. They're winless through six weeks of football, so it's, it's pretty it's, wild what's going on in the Big Apple. Yeah, I mean, even think about it. If 
the Giants are able to secure that pick. Well, that means they're already tra- trading Daniel Jones, and he's going to be in the next right. Rosen situation. So yep. uh, interesting uh, perspective there about uh, Lawrence. Yeah, Jay Fig Vids jumping in, 199 donation. Thank you, sir. Thank uh, you so goes, much. Chief signed Bell. We need to play great this week. I mean, the Broncos have to play great every week, regardless of who signs who or regardless of who they're playing. They have not the Chiefs coming up, not Le'Veon Bell coming up. They have the New England Patriots coming up. Take care of business first. Don't look ahead. The Patriots are still very formidable. It's a very hard opponent on the road, Mm -hmm. but they can take care of business, John. They can win this game. And let me tell you, I'm not predicting a win necessarily, but if they spring the upset at Gillette, they're going to have so much momentum going into that Kansas City game. So even if they're underdogs, they're going to be feeling more confident than ever, especially with Drew Locke coming back to the lineup. I, I agree 100% there. I, I don't think, especially when it comes to this Patriots game, uh, the Broncos also were able to get healthy in well-needed areas. Uh, if the Broncos can control that offensive line and that, that defensive line scrimmage for on the defense, uh, making sure that the middle by Purcell is really just stuffed up there and everything yeah. has to go to the outside, um, I think the Broncos have a great chance against the Patriots. Make the, make the Patriots beat you. Uh, and and just do gang tackling, keep going, attack, attack. I hate to say this, but I know a lot of people say, you know, we're blitzing. Some people either say we're blitzing too much or too little. Well, at this point, all I've seen is the Broncos do to be successful is blitz. So I say keep attacking, keep attacking, make, make, make the Patriots beat you. Big game for the front seven, and if they arm tackle like Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson did on that Sam Darnold touchdown run, they're going to get blown off the field. So it's got a big game, proper tackling, proper form, edge containment, gap responsibility. If they can do those things, you hit on Mike Purcell, huge game for him, huge game for Josie Jewell, A.J. Johnson, anyone in that front seven. If they contain the Patriots ground game, they have a shot here, guys. Uh, Andrew jumping in, 499 donation. Thank you so, so much, Andrew. Uh, he goes, sorry to hear of your loss, Chad. May she be at peace with the Lord and may God comfort you and your family during this time of remembrance and mourning. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you so much, Andrew. That's very, very nice, John. And uh, it's it's yeah. it's an unfortunate part of life. You know, as we consider Chad, not just a coworker, but also a friend. And he's obviously sure. going through the process right now. And he's I'm sure he's watching, knowing him. But we all our, our thoughts are all with him. We all love him. We all support him. So very, very nice sentiment, Andrew. And, and Andrew, I just want to let you know, I did take a picture when I saw your super. I'm just going to send that to Chad in case he didn't see it, just yeah. so he knows yeah. that, you know, we're a family here at MHH. Uh, I consider you guys in the chat, every single different person, part of, you know, my extended family in a way. So uh, it really means a lot to us, and I'll definitely make sure he sees that message. So yeah. appreciate that all around. Really, thank right. you. Very good point, John. Also, KP jumping in, $5 donation for Chad. Sorry about your grandma, Chad. Prayers for your family. Thank you so much, Kevin. We'll make sure, guys, like John just said, we'll make sure, Chad, if he doesn't see this, we'll make sure he sees all these messages. And he'll be back more than likely for the Sunday pod, and uh, he'll he'll reconnect with you then. So thank you, KP. Also, Uh, let's keep – oh, sorry, John. I was just going to say, let's let's turn this on a, a, a good note. Happy birthday to Duke. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Happy birthday, Duke. Yes, I, I know his age. I'm not going to say it. Turns out he didn't know it was his birthday until his daughter told him. That's, he's not. He's not turning 21. I was. He's actually 18. Oh, okay. 18, I thought so it was something. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, he's a little underage going out. So give him a break. <laughs> Happy birthday, Duke! If you're watching out there. Hell Look yeah, that. <laughs> the birthday boy. Happy birthday, Duke! Uh, real quick, just you know, the outpouring of support is so is so amazing. Zeus from. You know, Mount Rushmore way up top. Thoughts and prayers for Chad and his family. 1999 donation. Stu, 
he appreciates this. We appreciate this. Thank you so, so much. Uh, we're yes. just uh, rolling through here. Get some of these super chats. WWE jumping in, four ninety nine. Thank you, sir. Uh, seeing how well the Titans play with an extended break, I think will surprise a lot of people on Sunday. We're better than our record suggests. John, this team could easily and should be at least two and two. They should have won that Titans game, and if they had competent protection and quarterback play, you know, if Locke didn't get hurt, they would have likely had a chance to beat the Steelers. You can argue three and one, but I'm saying two and two is without a doubt should have been the case if not for poor coaching. But it's encouraging that the Broncos can take the Titans down to the wire when the Titans just knocked off the Bills. The Titans are legit. The Titans are for real. They're a legit Super Bowl contender. And I know it's a moral victory. I'm not personally big on those. But if Mm -hmm. you can say that you should have beaten the Titans and your players were good enough and it was the coaching, I'll take it. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform, everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Yeah, I think the term the talent of our players, we we the Broncos have the talent. Unfortunately, the injuries have uh, made the the Broncos struggle in certain ways. But even our you know our depth has really played hard, worked hard, um, and and I think we are as good as the Titans. They just so close from these teams where you know missing, just not connecting correctly on a few passes, being off by just slight margins. Where um, maybe if you had a full off season, that would have made a huge difference because it, it really does. It's, you know, this team lost so much uh, not being able to practice, and they weren't in condition shape as well. So uh, that's with every team, though. So the Broncos just have to keep persevering. And I think, yes. again, though, we do look better than a, our record suggests very, very much so. Much. And that's why we're saying, John, Chad, and I, not to give up on the Broncos. This season is still very young. Drew Locke did not get hit by a car. He's not dead. He didn't break his ankle like Dak Prescott. He is coming back this week, and you never know what could happen when you put Drew Locke back in a starting lineup. You saw it last year. Who knows what can happen this season? But Here's my real quick question for you. Do you think Locke is made of glass that so many people are saying? I don't understand where that is exactly coming from. I understand there's concern for multiple years of injuries, but I remember uh, his rookie year, it was a thumb injury. I believe he hit a helmet. Correct me if I'm wrong. Someone in the chat will for sure. Uh, But you can't really protect from something like that when it's a thumb injury. You hit a helmet or whatever it may be. Uh, You can't protect yourself against that. And uh, taking the live hits, yeah, you didn't have the the, the offseason to, you know, again, practice taking those live hits uh, during a preseason game just for that first, you know, couple times that you need to get in football shape and acumen. So um, I don't believe any of that about Locke either. Just had to get that out there. 
here's something that I, I didn't even consider until right now. I was thinking of it. If he was made of glass, one of those two injuries would have sidelined him for the season. He came back in both seasons. They were not season-ending. He was on short-term IR last year. It was temporary. Then he, the Broncos finally slow-played his return. But let's say someone like Dak Prescott, John, he mm-hmm. never missed a game in his career. Then he he shatters his ankle. Is he made of glass now? Is he injury-prone now? No. It's a part of the game, and things happen. Crap happens in life. Crap happens in the NFL. I so very much despise this injury-prone label that Locke had, primarily because the second injury never would have happened if they had competent offensive line play. That was not his fault, and I'm not going to victim-blame Drew Locke for that. Exactly, and I agree with that there. We have Duke Boynton coming in here. Again, giving his thoughts and uh, prayers to Chad and his family. Appreciate you, you, Duke. Um, And, you know, we appreciate you. I had a great conversation with him last night, and it was great uh, speaking with you for a little bit longer than just on a chat here. Yeah, so. Duke. What what are you up to tonight, Duke? What are you doing for your birthday? Let us know in the uh, in the comments. Uh, Terry Randall jumping in from Canada, two dollar donation. Thank you so so much, Terry. Thoughts and prayers to Chad and his family. Hashtag state of being. Yes, again, Mile High Huddle, the Huddle Up Pod community, John. It, it literally is the best community out there. Like you said, we're all a close knit family. We're not just podcasters and viewers. We're all a close knit family here, and the support that Chad has, that we all show each other, is truly remarkable. Thank you so so much, Terry. Yes, man. Appreciate that. Um, let's see who. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Chris jumping in four ninety nine. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, no doubt, number thirty is good enough to make up for both. That bye week was a blessing in disguise. Thank you. Stop this tank for Trevor Crap. Hashtag let him hate. Chris, I love your comment all the way around. Uh, he will make up Philip Lindsay for the for. I would say Melvin Gordon's DUI and also Locke coming back and being a little tentative. They're not at full strength. They still lost Cortland Sutton. No offense on at full strength, which we'll get to in just a minute here. But like I mentioned on last night's pod, no one, Melvin Gordon included, can do what Philip Lindsay can do with the football. Getting him back in the game, even not 100% or not a full load for, for Lindsay right away, which it won't be, Fangio said today, he still can do things and change the game on one play. I predict a touchdown for Philip Lindsay in this game, and I still think he will enter Sunday as the 1A after Melvin Gordon's DUI, and he's going to end this season as the no doubt about it running back one, as it always was, and as some of us kind of told you guys in the first place. I'm really interested to see from Lindsay coming back if that can change a little bit of the dynamic for the center and guards um, in terms of their play. Maybe there's just some they have a better feel for each other. I'm not quite sure, but... I want to see if maybe he can find those holes that uh, maybe Gordon was missing in that middle of the field. Uh, Let Gordon take some of those more outside plays and still go be the receiving uh, back. But it's good to have a a running back that can kind of squeeze through those little smaller holes and then take a burst, uh, burst it up for at least six yards while the linebacker kind of carries him and falls down that way. So that's always a big thing for me is he always uh, gets tackled going forward. Right. Yes. And I, I, I kind of want to see him run around Garrett Bowles' side, considering how Bowles is playing this year. Yes. Uh, it should be interesting to get to get him to the edge, get him outside. I, I didn't mind Scangarello so much last year as most other people. But one thing that drove me crazy is that he was running Lindsay like Royce Freeman and Royce Freeman like Philip Lindsay. Get him outside, get him in space, get the ball in his hands and let his natural ability do the rest. I think they're going to do that if Pat Shermer's smart. And I think they're going to make some hay against New England. So would you want Gordon to be pounding the middle, taking the workhorse mentality and, and Lindsay to take those outside carries where it's maybe, you know, again, 30%, uh, 33% for Lindsay ride Gordon hard. He can take some hits until, you know, Lindsay breaks it. I'm not going to sh- pigeonhole 
one running back into one role or another. They're both supposed to be multifaceted backs. You you paid Melvin Gordon $8 million because of his re- receiving ability. Let him put that to work now. He has as many DUIs as receiving touchdowns. Whereas Phillip Lindsay, he would have caught some of the passes that Melvin Gordon already dropped this year. I know you guys may think I'm biased. I just happen to be a big Phillip Lindsay fan, and I think he's way more of a workhorse, a true three-down workhorse, than a lot of fans give him credit for. I agree, and I think uh, anyone who watched, you know, CU football knows what he can bring. Also, and just right. he's multi-dimensional. Um, so I think a lot of uh, CU fans were already on that uh, bandwagon for uh, for him as well. Yeah, uh, real quick, guys, we're gonna get into the injury report for Thursday and go uh, provide the latest on Sunday Sunday's game with all the injuries. It's Cam Newton, Drew Locke, Noah Fant. Uh, real quick though, it is the Mile High Mailbag. It is Thursday, so we have about. I would say about, you know, 35, 40 minutes left on the, on the stream tonight. If you have any questions for John and I, any questions about the Broncos, Patriots game, Le'Veon Bell and the Chiefs, anything you guys want to know, this is your open forum. This is your time right now. Fire them in, and we'll try to get to them uh, by the end of tonight. Perfect. And until then, why don't we talk a little bit about the injuries while they're getting some questions in. What do you think about Stefan Gilmore coming off the CV list? That's was expected. I still yeah. think I'm not going to, you know, put my tinfoil on, but I still think that the NFL kind of planted this way where the, both teams are getting their star players back. That's Drew Locke and Lindsey for the Broncos, and that's Stephon Gilmore and Cam Newton for the Patriots. It's going to make it tougher, but this Patriots defense, like Chad and I talked about on yesterday's pod, they're not the same New England defense from 2004. They're not the same New England defense from 2014. This is a very exploitable and beatable Bill Belichick defense with or without Stephon Gilmore. I'm not necessarily worried in that respect um, if they can stop Cam Newton on offense, if they can stop that rushing attack, if they cannot let Julian Edelman beat them in the slot and uh, down the middle of the field. That's what I want to see. I think the Patriots defense will be exploited, but it's up to the Broncos defense and Fangio's coaching and situational play calling to slow down, not necessarily stop Cam Newton. Yeah, and I think, again, this is where I want to keep attacking Newton, make him feel uncomfortable, make him have to step up and hit, make those throws to Edelman, take away those rushing opportunities, or if he does have those running lanes, make sure that Newton feels it. Uh, I think that's definitely the the game plan. Uh, And when you were talking about, you know, who – was this better for the Pats or was this better for the Broncos? This was neutral, actually, the way right. I'm trying to see it now. Uh, you know, we've, we've the Broncos have gotten players healthy, gotten gotten them ready and back. Uh, so so did the Patriots. It's what it's what happened. You have to work through adversity, and it, it really is something where. I can't say I would have liked the other game better. So I'm excited for what we have coming this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a long stretch of games for a while, but Hey, I am excited to and watch uh, those gut reactions with you guys and uh, be here for the next 12 weeks going on with no bye week. You could argue it was tougher on the Broncos because the Patriots didn't practice on their bye week. They, you know, their facility was closed. The Broncos had to practice, but here's what I say back to that. And this is a point that Chad and I touched on. This is still a, a team with a losing record, the Broncos. They're not undefeated. They need to be practicing. They need to be getting better. They can't rest on any laurels they made. They might have had by beating a hapless, lousy Jets team. So the Broncos are getting healthier. They're going to have Drew Locke back in the lineup. And that alone, John, was worth the game being pushed back. It was, and I said it from day one, when the game got rescheduled and everyone was pearl-clutching and, and grabbing their head in, in disbelief, this was a blessing in disguise for Denver. Watch. 
Yeah, I think that's it's definitely true, and I'm excited about that. Um, one thing, though, I, I was interested about uh, when I was looking at some of the quotes from Fangio, uh, he was talking about uh, there was a possibility that Draymond Jones would have been available for this week if uh, if the Broncos paid the Patriots on time. Uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, it, do you have anything I, there? And that also would go with Demarcus Walker. I don't really understand the quote. We talked about this before we went live tonight. I don't know what Fangio is trying to say. If their status is dictated by the, the the week that they're playing a team and not their injury status, I don't know. Maybe we misconstrued Fangio, but I still think that both players, considering their injuries are a couple weeks away, maybe after the, I, I would say bye week now, but maybe after the Patriots game, we'll get one of those guys back. And if they can get one of those guys back, hopefully Draymond Jones, uh, this defensive line with Shelby Harris and Mike Purcell suddenly becomes kind of scary again. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. At Golden Harvest, our best skill is knowing how to listen. From our Gold Series soybean and game-changing corn portfolios, to our expert insights housed in the Illuminate digital agronomy platform. Everything we offer is an answer to what we've heard from you. This is how we listen. Copyright 2021 Syngenta. The trademarks or service marks used herein are the property of a Syngenta Group company. All other trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Yeah, and for me, for Draymond Joe's, I'm not too much in rushing him back for a, you know one certain week uh we have i want him to be productive for next year too yes. um, and it's time to see some of these other guys step up is tim Morgan's going to really be anything or is he just going to be a name is sylvester williams ever going to actually produce and be on the field when are we going to see some of these defensive linemen that they keep bringing in them in that just go away so quickly um so interested to see about that and uh saw walker he's looking uh bigger and maybe a little bit tougher so excited to see what he has uh fangy also talked about uh no fan and aj boye and it sounds like uh boye uh, is eligible to play this sunday uh but he thinks that, that uh wow. it'd be doubtful that he would play fans a little uh fan did a little bit more today and they'll see where he's at um uh, from my understanding he was at 50 50 though still yeah so How's that I'm make su- you feel? I'm surprised, uh, kind of personally, that AJ Boye is doubtful. I thought for sure he'd have a good chance of playing, even on the limited, uh, you know, basis, limited snap count. But maybe against the Chiefs, we're looking at that opponent as more realistic, considering the passing offense and the quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Noah Fant sounds like a classic game time decision. We won't know until uh, an hour and a half before kickoff on Sunday, so 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 9.30 a.m. Mountain Time. We'll know Noah Fant's status. It sounds like he wants to go, and I feel like Noah Fant could have played if they forced him to. I would have him out there. You have to put Locke in, in a position where he has confidence. He's getting Philip Lindsay back. He's not getting Cortland Sutton back. No K.J. Hamler. You have to at least have Noah Fant out there as some sort of safety blanket for number three. 
Yeah, I agree. I think uh, with no Fant, you, you have to have someone for him to go to. I, I agree, a big-bodied player. He seems to work well with big-bodied players. That's just what yeah. I've noticed. Um, I'm I'm not putting – I'm I'm pretty sick of Deshaun Hamilton uh, yes. give, given opportunities. Uh, at this point, I'm not sure what you know the reason for him staying around is, honestly. It could be just to mentor K.J. Hamler on how to be a professional at this point uh, for a few more weeks. I don't understand what's going on with Hamilton personally yeah i will go over the injury report real quick so we got some questions on it in the uh in the comments section so you see that the dmp's there uh attaches doesn't sound like he has a good chance of playing this week uh john it seems like that quad is uh going to hold him out dnp both days he'd have to get in a limited practice on friday to have any shot of playing melvin gordon we all know his status he was a full participant today came back to practice today despite the dui um no news on his punishment yet like chad and i mentioned uh it's going to take the nfl likely several weeks to come down with this punishment. It could be handled in-house, and I still think the Broncos will sit him down for a quarter or a drive or whatever, a series, to kind of show that, you know, to hold him accountable for his actions, get Philip Lindsay the nod over him. So he'll play Sunday, no doubt about that. KJ Hamler, DNP, hamstring, John, he needs to go on IR already, heal up, get to 100%. That hammy is uh, going to take a while to get to, uh, to now, 100%. Real quick, IR, you mean the short-term IR? Yeah, three weeks. Okay. He should be okay. good. Just, just set, sit him down. Don't have him practice. Let him just rest and get that hamstring 100%. Because you know as well as I do, it takes one false move, and then they're out for the year. They can tear it. Uh, they can It can rupture. It, it's bad. That, that's a tricky injury for a receiver, and especially a speedster like a KJ Hamler. So I don't I don't see him playing Sunday, obviously. Noah Fant, we mentioned, game-time decision. He was limited twice. Wednesday and Thursday, they practiced one more on Friday. But it seems like he'll be uh, – we'll, we'll, we won't know until Sunday morning. Uh, Bryce Callahan, uh, he was full. Everyone you see that's full there will play in this game, obviously. Mike Purcell, limited with a knee injury. John, I think he'll play. I haven't I heard too. anything doubtful about his status. I think he will go. And Garrett Bowles is the new addition to the uh, injury report. He was not listed yesterday. He was limited today. No injury. It was a family matter for Garrett Bowles, Vic Fangio revealed. So uh, that's encouraging in one sense. So hopefully everything's okay with his family. But he'll be out there on Sunday, Garrett Bowles. And for the Patriots, John, you see there the full guys will play. Um, we, we, we talked about the big uh, Cam Newton. We talked about Stephon Gilmore. We think they will play on Sunday. And uh, the, the DNP, obviously, I don't think he'll play uh, wise. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Shaq Mason, he'll be ready to go. And that's, so we'll get that off screen. So, yeah, that's the uh, the injury report there. And uh, I, I feel like the Broncos are in a better situation than they were before, no matter what. The Broncos, in terms of who they are, what they need to do, become better from going on just beyond the Patriots game. Yeah, we got a question in the comments. I can't yeah. find it right now, but uh, we got a question that is here is uh, by Sinji. Is Drew Locke going to start on Sunday? I happen to believe he will. Fangio said, he, he, in other words, he's good to go. He was full twice. He's looking like his old self, slinging the ball in practice from videos that we saw. He will be in the starting lineup on Sunday. The only question now, John, is who's the backup quarterback? What do the Broncos do here? I know you might have a different opinion than me. I know people disagree with me on Twitter. This is what I would do. Obviously, okay. start Drew Locke. Make Brett Rippon the number two. He's earned that. He's a young player with, with some sort of upside. Make Jeff Driscoll put him on the practice squad. Cut him and put him on the practice squad. And then cut Blake Bortles. He doesn't offer anything that any of the quarterbacks don't already have. You want experience? You have that with Driscoll. You have you want upside? You have that with Locke and Brett Rippon. That's what I would do. Do you disagree? I actually agree with that wholeheartedly. I think you want to get Driscoll somewhat uh, out of there. There's, from my understanding, he can work into our comp pick situation. Uh, so if you can cut him, 
go ahead at this point. Uh, and I, I believe that's the best way to go. Uh, and uh, I think that's, I think the Broncos are going to keep three quarterbacks though, minimum yes. at all times at this point, um, just the way things are. They have to until Locke can prove that he's healthy for longer than a few weeks at a time. If, if by week 10, if Locke's still healthy and Brett Rippon's good as a number two, I think you can cut the third quarterback and go with two. But until, I, I agree with you. They're going to keep three on the 53 uh, going forward for the time being. I still think the Broncos are going to keep Driscoll no matter what, I, unfortunately. I, they paid him. You know, I mean, they, they liked him enough to sign him. And he's getting way more blame. I know he wasn't great in that Buccaneers game and in, in, the, uh, in the Steelers game as well. He has some issues, but that offensive line, guys, no quarterback could have a chance with Elijah Wilkinson starting at right tackle. So I think if Driscoll got a fair shot with DeMar Dotson starting and having Phillip Lindsay back, I think he would fare better. But Blake Bortles, to me, there's no upside. He brings nothing to the team, and he's just name value at this point. That's all he is, name value. Yeah. Uh, just get real quick here. KP, uh, just calling me natural podcaster. I appreciate <laughs> it. Compliment, John. Thank you so much. And uh, he fell asleep last night and was a snore. He's a snore. Just have to tell you that. <laughs> okay. So, Moving on. We yeah. got Mike Evans jumping in. <laughs> 9.99, Mike. Thank you so, so much. Definitely, John. I, far and away, every single podcast, Mike's hopping in. He's been on the show twice. One of the coolest guys around. One of the coolest, best Broncos fans in the entire world. Mike, thank you so much. You yes. know we love you. Uh, he goes, do you think Locke will pass more than 250 yards against the Patriots if he plays? That's a really good question. That I is. think that's that should be the over-under, I feel like, yeah. for Locke in this game. You know, his first game back against a, f- a pretty tough defense, not exactly elite defense. It's going to come down. Here's my answer. I'll serve it over to you after I'm done. I, I, it's going to come down to game script, game flow. If they can establish the run, if, if Melvin Gordon can have success and Philip Lindsay can have success, they will not take to the air by necessity. So I think he'll be under 250. Put it this way. If the Broncos win this game, it will be because they established the run. And if they establish the run, it means Drew Locke won't pass that much. So that's my kind of double-edged sword here. He will be under 250 if they win and over 250 if they lose. I don't see a shootout here. I see way more defensive-oriented than I see some Cam Newton versus Locke shootout. He, it could happen. And on the flip side, in garbage time, if they're getting blown out, I think he can go over 300 yards. It's It all depends on game flow and game script. But if they do win this game, it's not going to be from Locke. It's going to be from the running game, Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when it comes to 250 yards, that's where you want him to be, and you're going to be competing pretty well there at that number. Uh, I think if, you, if he's going to go over, that has to be a big play by someone, uh, someone really taking something very far down the house from something right. small, it's making something right. out of nothing. Uh, like we see Fant do plenty of times, or, you know, again, we've seen Judy take some plays and just make something happen out of nothing. Uh, so if, if that can happen, and he may be able to go over 250 yards, and we can still have that running game pound mentality for the Broncos. Uh, but otherwise, I don't think you know 250 going over it or under it is it's going to make too much of a difference. I, I think it's going to come down to, as you said, the scenario. Um, and if at the end of the game he has to make a game-winning drive, I would put it in his in it, the ball in right. his hands and let him do it. Though. Absolutely, so, yeah. Uh, what what I, do you guys pre- think? Though? I'm sorry, John. I just want to know what, what everyone thinks if they're going to go over to. What do you guys think out there? Will Locke surpass 250 in this week's game? Let us know in the comments. We should ask more questions. You know, We should get the, the comments more involved yeah. with some of these questions. Great question, though, Mike. Thank you so much for your question. Um, David, jumping in. Very, very generous here. David, thank yeah, you so, thank so, you much. so much. No, we didn't skip you. We saw your comment. We love you, David. Thank you. He goes, hey, guys, a little off topic, but does the Chiefs getting Le'Veon Bell make them more dangerous? What is Dever going to do when we play them now? 
John, I, I don't think he they're any more dangerous than they were before because they don't flow through the running backs. They flow through Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and, and Travis Kelsey. And he, he makes them better by, by the virtue of his talent, his receiving ability, but they're not getting the bell from Pittsburgh. They're getting the bell from New York. And I think the only reason he signed in Kansas City was because they play the Jets coming up soon, and they're a, a playoff contender. He wants to win a ring. So they're already dangerous. For my money, they're, if not the best offense in the NFL, they're a top three offense, and they flow through their quarterback. I, I would rather, personally, I wouldn't take touches away from, from uh, Edwards Hilaire. I wouldn't bring Le'Veon Bell into that locker room. I, I wouldn't disrupt what's already a championship locker room. That's just me, though. It doesn't make them worse, but I don't see how it makes them so much better when that whole entire team is still Mahomes. Yeah, I think it just protects him from an injury on at the running back position. That really is the bottom right. line. Uh, I think they still want to develop Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I just think that's the, where they're going. You've seen bursts from him. He's been very impressive uh, for a first-round pick coming out. And, uh, it, you know, he, he brings something different. He has that spark. And it just seems to work within the Kansas City's uh, scheme at this point. Uh, Bell, I'm sure he can add something to the passing game. But, you know, again, it's not something – where he's going to be the guy. Right. Uh, it's going to be something more or less where he's there for depth. He's there to try to prove that he still has what it takes to prove he's a good guy, prove he can get along in the locker room. And if we'll see if he can actually do that in, in real real life instead of just, you know, saying I can do it. Yeah. And you wonder, we don't, we don't know the contract details yet. I haven't seen them, you know, since we've been on uh, doing the podcast, but you have to wonder another player that Kansas city is fitting under the salary cap. I've been trying to tell you guys, the salary cap is a myth. It's not real. It's tangible. You can manipulate it. You can finesse it. If you want a player bad enough, like the chiefs have proven time and time again, this year alone, you will make it happen. So good pickup for Kansas city, but I don't see it shaping their season one way or the other, John. Yeah, and you see, you see a lot of people here in the comments saying that they predict those 250 yards and a few touchdowns to come with it. So That's interesting. I, I, we don't know, though, if that's win or loss. I mean, 250 and two touchdowns, it can be in a, in a losing effort, too. But right. um, like like Hey the Man is saying here, or he said on the comment, you know, if they win, Locke might be under 250, but that running game could be in the 200s with, with a couple scores. This game, I still think if they can get to 24 points against New England, they can hold Cam Newton below that number. They can play good enough defense. It's just a matter of sustaining drives, chewing up clock, and scoring touchdowns. Not stalling, not going three and out, not settling for field goals, scoring touchdowns against this tough uh, Patriots entire team. They're still tough. They're still Bill Belichick, Cam Newton, but they can be beaten. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think you got to win the time uh, battle, really. It's one of those things where I want to stay on the field more than they are. I want to tire out that defense. So when it comes to the fourth quarter, you can't just run the ball and pound it down their throat and move down the field and have those methodical drives that take up that time. And that's just one of those things that really hurts the defense in terms of their mor- mor- moral morale. Um, and uh, that's how you beat them. Yeah, their morals and their morales. <laughs> that's right. And and kind of piggyback off that, Justin jumping in 999. Thank you so, so much, Justin. He goes, I think Locke has a good chance of breaking 250 just because of short passes to Lindsay, like you mentioned, John, that are broken for long runs. And I agree with that great point you made, John. If they can get the ball in Lindsay's hands or Jerry Judy's hands or Fant's hands, if he plays, they can break some tackles and make something happen down the field. I just don't see Locke getting into a shootout throwing 50 times this game unless they're getting blown out of the water. If they win this, it's a ball-controlled offense with the running attack. But very good point, Mark, uh, Justin, and thank you so much for your donation. Yeah, and uh, let's see. 
Denver needs at least 275 yards passing. Hamilton needs the ball needs to ball this game. Got to see him help yeah. out for once. And Don't we hold your breath there. It's 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 hard to to see him just not reach out and make those plays. It seems like it. It just seems like there's a, a little bit of effort missing. I'm not yes. quite sure. It, it but to me it seems like effort when I'm watching it. Well, he slows up and stop. It doesn't. It doesn't die for the pass or make an effort for the pass. And one of them could have been a touchdown that changes the entire complexion of a game. That's an no. effort issue. It's one thing if you if you drop a pass, but if you try to catch it, when you just slow up and pull up, that screams to me that you don't want to be on the field. Oh, I I think needs to be a bigger component, which I think he will be, is Tim Patrick, because we know Locke loves throwing to that guy. They had a great rapport last year, and Locke does a lot of the same things that Cortland Sutton does. So even without Sutton, you might have Noah Fant. You're going to have Philip Lindsay. You have Sutton Light. You have Jerry Judy. They can still make lemonade here against this Patriots defense. So it, mm-hmm. it could happen. And here's a question from Z-Dub. Uh, is Thank Fangio you. seeing another view uh, in Albert O? Why can't we activate him and deactivate Vanette? That, I think, will happen. We got another question uh, that he's in, if he's going to play this week, Albert O. And I think he will dress regardless of Noah Fant's status because Nick Vanette doesn't cut it. Jake Butt, I don't think, is cutting it. And they need some depth uh, that can catch a pass. And Albert O, you know, it's funny that he might make his debut when Drew Locke is coming back to the lineup, the guy who probably got him drafted and play with him in Missouri, they're going to play together against the Patriots. I think he will dress. I I think he will get some snaps, but if you guys are expecting Albert to come in and be George Kittle, it's not going to happen. It's still going to be whoever ends up drawing the nominal start, whether that's Jake Budd or Noah Fant, uh, they're going to get the lion's share of the snaps, but Albert O will play. He should get some red zone chances and you never know what he can do from there. And if the you know the the organization is starting to have less faith in Vanette, um, and and they want to switch it up, I still think Beck you can use in plenty of situations. I know they're using him as the fullback slash tight end. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. But you can move him just as to a tight end for a game if need be and figure out what to do for that fullback position, which, uh, you know, yeah. he's done pretty. He's done a pretty good job on uh, blocking some of those plays for uh, the running game as well. 
But I think we can all agree, guys, let's deactivate Nick Vanette. And then the next step is cutting him from the roster. He, he is such a detriment to this Broncos team just by being on the 53-man roster. So I agree. Deactivate Nick Vanette. Get Albert O in the game. Take some chances down the field. And you never know what can happen when you put the ball in the end zone. When you give a player a shot, good things can happen. So I, I want to see how Pat Shermer can kind of scheme around Albert O, I think, when he plays, not if he plays on Sunday. Yep, exactly. Let's see if I any more questions, guys? It's yeah. our Mile High Huddle Thursday night mailbag of the week for uh, the Broncos' upcoming game against the Patriots. We're winding down. We have about 20 minutes left on the pod tonight. Let us know anything you guys have on your mind about the Broncos, about the Patriots, about the NFL, about life. Fire mm-hmm. in the comments. We'll answer you. We'll uh, we'll hang out here for a little more, uh, little more, a little more time. I assume this is coming from um, a fantasy perspective. Um, would you go with Hawkinson's um, or Ertz? I'm not sure who. Uh, Ta- the, Tony. the uh, Tanyan, the uh, Packers tight end. I don't know who they're, oh, who they're playing yeah. this week. If you guys tell me yeah, who they're playing. Um, Tanyan, though, I picked him up in one of my fantasy leagues. He's developing some kind of chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. Though I will say based on, I don't obviously cover the Packers, but mm-hmm. I believe Devontae Adams is coming back this week. And if he comes back, He's going to cut into a lot of the target share that Tanya is seeing. But uh, Truman, let me know in the comments who they're playing. I don't have the schedule in front of me. That obviously would uh, would dictate. I- I'm not high on Ertz this year considering how bad Carson Wentz has looked. And how and Hawkinson, he's looked good, though. I think without a doubt, though, John, I think the Broncos got the better Iowa tight end. I think yeah. Noah Fant is just the he's better pro based on what I've seen. Uh, Hawkinson has been kind of disappointing to me. Yeah, I agree. I, I really thought Hawkinson had everything that it took uh, to be a, a great tight end. I think he's a great blocker. I just don't think he's going to have that X factor coming out that everyone assumed he was going to be, you know, that next that next huge tight end, uh, the next Kittle, essentially. Yeah, I th- it says in the comments that Tampa is playing uh, Green Bay. That's a good game, first of all. You know, the battle mm-hmm. of the Bays there, um, uh, that's tough. Who is uh, Philadelphia playing? Let us know. Let us know Ertz, in the comments. And, and back to you. you know, when it comes to Ertz, he's spilling, he's splitting time with uh, Dallas uh, Goddard. Am I correct? Goddard, um, yeah. Goddard, and That's a good point. and that always is. Uh, it seems like there's kind of with Ertz right now in his contract. I don't know. It just feels like they're both splitting, splitting the ball at this point. I don't know if you can 100 percent trust Ertz as much as you used to. Ooh, Philly's playing the Ravens. No, I'm. You know what? I don't know who Detroit's playing. I hate to keep asking that question, but the Ravens' <laughs> defense is tough against tight ends. Um, Tampa Bay. I think they can be exploited. I know Levante David's a good coverage linebacker, but he's getting up there in age. And uh, if that Tongan connection can keep sizzling, if Aaron Rodgers trusts him, if you have the trust of Aaron Rodgers, good things will happen. So. Again, I don't know who Detroit's playing again, but I would probably in this case roll with Tanya. I think I would ride his momentum. And we have a really pressing question here from Kenneth Booker. What do you guys <laughs> get on your pizza? You want to go first? Uh, I just like mine, a cheese pizza. Yeah. It's just boring. I'm sorry. That's it. It's just normal. Here, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big meat lovers guy. I'm not a big like Sicilian guy. I, I like cheese pizza. I like pepperoni. Um, I like pepperoni and banana peppers. That's a good combination. Anyone has ever had yeah. that. It's uh, yeah. however you feel about that. I'm not a big, you know, sausage and peppers kind of guy. I'm a traditionalist. Give me a cheese pizza or maybe half pepperoni. Um, not deep. I don't like deep dish. I don't like Chicago style. Yeah. I like New York style, like super thin. That's, that's oh, the way I like course, my pizza. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm a, a pineapple guy that's yeah. or a bacon guy. Uh, that might be for someone else. Uh, it, but not I've for had, have you had a Hawaiian pizza? It's not that bad. I wouldn't order it, go out of my way to order it, Hawaiian pizza, I've actually, but I've actually never had it. It's it it somehow works, you know, warm pineapple with sauce and and, uh, and ham. It's yeah. depends what kind of mood you're in, but I, I've eaten worse in my. I think life. I'm always in a bad mood then. I guess because <laughs> no, no. Stick to the um, yeah, let's get uh, prank films up here. Do you think Drew Locke will bring us a Super Bowl within the next three years? Also, option uh, opinion on not resigning John Elway. Also, what do you think of Matt? Where do you think Matt Ryan will play next? Mm. year? Loaded question there. Let's start with uh, Locke. We'll bring us a Super Bowl within the next three years. I mean, John, if we had a crystal ball, you know, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Right. Um, I will say this. Here's what I will say. If the Broncos commit to Drew Locke beyond just this year, if they continue the mindset in which they operated this offseason surrounding him with weapons and proper coaching and keeping him healthy, I think he can lead them deep into the playoffs. Whether that results in hoisting the Lombardi, I, I don't know. I'd have to see. It's so hard to judge a player who's only played in a handful of games. I think he has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. Is he there yet? No. Are the Broncos contenders yet? No. But can they be? Absolutely. So I think within reason, they they have the receiving talent. They've tried to work on the offensive line. They got what they thought were upgraded coaches in the building. If they just commit to continue to Drew Locke, I think they can be in the running for a championship, not next year, but as the question says, maybe three years down the road. Yeah, I I agree with you there. I think this is about developing a team at this point. The Broncos have control of Locke for two more years, plus the ability to use a franchise tag with him. So that gives us three years of control. That's how I see it with Locke. Uh, The Broncos can definitely start uh, getting more talent coming in next year. Uh, Unfortunately, I thought the development year was going to be this year. I think it's going to be also going into next year a little bit more than uh, I would have liked and predicted. Uh, But now at, at this point, you can start looking at that, you know, the last year of his contract and the option for that uh, franchise tag for the windows where the Broncos can make uh, a push and maybe with some certain players coming in, some taking some salary reductions, maybe the Broncos can work something out there and become a contender and a legitimate contender to come in the playoffs and beat whoever the NFC tries to bring in. I just saw a comment from Darian P. He says, pineapple is the Vance Joseph of pizza ingredients. <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's pretty funny. It's always funny to dunk on Vance. But uh, what do you think about re-signing John Elway? Obviously, that's a very touch-and-go situation. His contract is, is expiring after next season. And he has a decision to make whether he wants to keep operating in this capacity. The Broncos and Joellas have a, a, you know, a decision to make whether they want to bring him back. I... I don't know. I don't know. I can go either way. I think what John was doing was tying himself to Drew Locke. And if he left the Broncos in good hands, meaning, you know, Locke was carrying them to success, I think he would walk away into the sunset saying, listen, guys, look, I finally left a good quarterback in the Broncos' hands. I finally found a franchise quarterback. I won a title as a player, as an executive. I've done everything you guys asked me to. But I think his ego, John, if, if Locke doesn't pan out this year and they go into next year with a quarterback battle or a controversy, I think he'll see through it that he leaves the Broncos in better hands than when he took them over just from his ego. Yeah. I don't see Elway being any different than when he was 10 years ago. He's still, you know, he's powered by his, his pride and his self-worth and what he thinks he is. He saw himself in Drew Locke. It's one of the reasons he committed to him. So it's a very loaded question, and again, we don't know 
so many dominoes have to fall. We have to know what Locke's going to look like. We have to know what the Broncos head coach is going to look like next year and going forward. I just don't think Elway's ready to walk away. And not because he wants, he thinks he's too old for the job or he wants to explore greener pastures. I just think his ego won't allow him to remove himself from such a high position of authority. While I do think it's Elway's choice if he wants to stay or go um, in, in the end, I think Joe Ellis is going to say, I'd like you to stay. Uh, Ellis seems to be comfortable working with him in their relationship, how it's working out. And in the end, Ellis is the one making these decisions at this point. Uh, him and the two other trustees, I believe they're uh, two attorneys. They're the ones in the control of the organization. Uh, Elway is, you know, he's just a, a GM and a VP at this point, and he's not making some, some of those bigger decisions. Um, so I don't know if it's hundred percent on him. He wants to leave this team in a, like you were saying, in a good place. So when, if there is a team that, you know, let's say, four years, five years down the line, develops into a Super Bowl team, he can say, I built the foundation. I did this stuff. Um, so it's one of those things where, again, if he leaves, he wants to leave it where you can say it was built by a foundation of Elway. Right. It, Elway set this up. Again, it always comes back to Elway. And I, I love Elway. I'm, I'm right here in Colorado. Believe me. Uh, it's just one of those things where uh, that's how I perceive when it comes to Elway. Um uh, but when it comes to Matt Ryan, though, I have no idea where he's going to play next year. I have no idea what the Falcons are going to do. It, it feels like another Brady situation where the most the simple idea was uh, he's going to resign with the Patriots. He's not going to go to Tampa Bay. Well, right. M- Matt Ryan will stay a Falcon for life, and he'll, they'll find you know start developing new talent and have a backup. Well, it might not happen that way. It, a lot will depend on who the Falcons hire for their next coach. They just fired Dan Quinn. He was defensive-oriented. I think they're going to uh, find an offensive guy to take over the controls. And whenever a new coaching staff comes in, though, they lose the loyalty to the, the previous regime's quarterback and the previous regime's players. So the next head coach has no loyalty, and they're hiring a GM as well. They fired Dimitrov. So they need a head coach and a GM, both of whom will not have any loyalty to Matt Ryan, who's kind of fallen off a cliff since that Super Bowl meltdown. I still think he's a pretty above average signal caller, but nowhere near what he was even five years ago. Coming to the Broncos, no. I think as long as Elway's in charge, I th- they're done chasing veteran quarterbacks. They're done putting Band-Aids on these bullet holes. Matt Ryan, I got a question on Twitter about a week ago, uh, potential landing spots for Dak Prescott. I mentioned the, the Chicago Bears and the Indianapolis Colts. And I think both of those teams would be in the running for Matt Ryan if he did leave Atlanta mm-hmm. to, to kind of, you know, the, the, the Bears are going to be in the market for any quarterback tied to any quarterback because Nick Foles is not the answer. Trubisky's not the answer. So I think you're going to hear a lot of the uh, rumors from these available quarterbacks, draft and free agents being tied to Chicago. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know uh, if – you know, Ryan wants to go to a situation like Chicago. I assume he's thinking, you know, Super Bowl or bus at this point in his career. So that will be interesting. Uh, but we got Chris Valdez coming in here. Do I start uh, Gordon in the flex uh, with a four ninety nine donation? Thank you so much, you, Chris. Chris. Uh, no, I, not coming off a of DUI, not with Philip Lindsay coming back. It, it's just a bad situation for Melvin Gordon to be in. You can, if this was any other player, John, I would argue that maybe he would use the DUI as motivation. Maybe he would use Lindsay's return as motivation. But this is Melvin Gordon who's shown um, a complete lack of, I think, awareness since signing with the Broncos. I don't have much faith that he's going to be motivated or incentivized to play harder. He got his money. And I think that's what he was after. If you have Philip Lindsay out there, start him this week. Melvin Gordon, I would leave him on the bench just to see how the Broncos handle um, his DUI and Lindsay's return. 
You know, when I see Gordon, when it comes to fantasy football, I always say if he can get you a receiving touchdown somehow, he's worth playing. Otherwise, he's not going to do anything right. for you, really. Right. Um, and I don't see him getting a receiving touchdown. I just haven't seen him used in that way. This is a great comment, though, to piggyback. Uh, sorry. Piggyback on the Matt Ryan question. If Ryan's on in Atlanta, Falcon next year, he'll be a 49er. Reuniting with Kyle Shanahan, who we yeah. had a career year Did under. He? Great, great uh, uh, comment there. I can definitely see that happening. Jimmy Garoppolo, John, is terrible. He was oh, he was never deserving of that contract, nor the hype. If that was not a Kyle Shanahan coached offense, he'd be looking like Case Keenum or Flacco out there. It's yeah. all coaching. Uh, that was a, a great uh, th- thought, uh, Biggie. Because again, yes. Ryan uh, co- reuniting with Shanahan, I think that could work. That what they're doing for the 49ers is making that push at this time. So that's a that just makes sense in so many different ways. And then you can maybe uh, see what we can do with uh, Garoppolo's contract because that's a still a hefty contract. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the, the specifics of it, but maybe they have some sort of out with that. But, guys, we have about five more minutes. If you guys have any questions remaining for us for the Broncos' upcoming game against the Patriots, let us know in the comments. We will answer anything we can and uh, try to uh, appease you while we're still on the air tonight. So be sure to fire those in. Yeah, let's make well, sure we we're, we're holding butts, right? We're holding butts for $5. Uh, appreciate it. Always love holding butts. Uh, is Simmons a trade candidate? I don't think LA will pay his $14 million evaluation. Do you think he's going to, he'll get a second tag? And I think this one, I'm going to serve to you. I I've been, I've seen some Twitter. I, I think the fan speculated that the Broncos can move Justin Simmons by the trade deadline. I think that's the fans stirring up things. I know Simmons is having a bad year, but this is actually what the Broncos, I think, were hoping for. They, def- you know, they didn't want to pay him market resetting or market average salary for a safety. They didn't want to go above fourteen mil. But he's having a terrible season so far, or at least a non Pro Bowl type season. That's going to knock his value down. So if he finishes this year how he started, you can resign him more than likely for way under market value, way under making him the highest paid safety in the NFL. I don't know about his franchise tag. I think the Broncos want to keep him in the fold. They just did not want to keep him in the fold at a cost of 14, 15 a year. I don't see him being traded. I don't see the Broncos making any moves. They don't have any healthy assets that are realistic trade chips. I don't see Simmons going anywhere. Do you? Uh, you know, it, it would have to be something going completely wrong. Locke goes down and, and he, we determine the Broncos determine he's not their quarterback and it's just becomes a, a fire sale. Otherwise the Broncos have, have no one to insert there as well. Are you going to put in Trey Marshall? What are you going to do there? Right. At that exactly. Position uh, PJ Locke. I mean, I, I just don't know what the Broncos would really do to put in a suitable uh, backup. I mean, just someone who can be competent. Uh, it just doesn't feel like that's possible. Uh, and no matter what, you know, you get that comp pick. If he isn't able to stay, I don't think they're going to tag him again. That's for sure. I think a tag would be more, more of an option for bowls, trying to keep him around for a year and see what he can do uh, again in a year under pressure. Um, and I'm not, you know, so it, it, the, the Broncos can still sign and bring in Simmons, but they're going to do it on their terms. I think part of the reason the Broncos, and this is speculation on my part, I, I, part of the reason the Broncos let Will Parks walk this offseason is because they thought they were going to keep Justin Simmons in the fold for longer than just this season. They're gonna, mm-hmm. I, they can't negotiate. He's franchise side. They cannot negotiate on, on a contract extension until after the year. I just don't see the Broncos trading one of their few building blocks away, especially on defense, and your head coach is a defensive coordinator. It doesn't really uh, make a lot of sense to me. 
And he's a great person in the community, and I think a lot right. of teams need that True. right now. Uh, Especially they, after Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so you need you need players like that in the locker room. So that uh, I don't see any reason to get rid of him and have that locker room lose control. No. And let's uh, guys, we're winding down uh, for tonight. Uh, here's a question from Float. We'll take real quick. We have about a couple minutes. Uh, he goes, "Do you think you guys think Vaughn will be with us next year?" I remember before the season, people were thinking Vaughn would go. John, I've been I've been fending off Vaughn trade rumors since I've been covering the Broncos. Every single year, Broncos fans think this is the off season and this is the year where Vaughn goes. I don't see that happening. I know there's a little tension between him and the Broncos and him not playing this year. I, I don't think he he gets cut. I don't think he gets traded. I think at most you would see a restructure of his contract. I think either he would go to them or the Broncos would go to him, and I think they would make something happen to keep him in the picture but just not making franchise quarterback money if he's not playing this season coming off a down 2019. But no, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's still your franchise player. Until or unless Locke grabs that mantle as the franchise quarterback, Von Miller is your face. And John, you hit on a great point with the Simmons uh, comment. If you cut or trade Von Miller, that would destroy the locker room. He is the glue. Going back to Super Bowl 50 and all through the coaching changes and the quarterbacks, he is still Von Miller. You don't cut a future Hall of Famer when you don't even see him play for a whole season. He's going to come back motivated. He's still fairly young. I know he's not a spring chicken. Fairly young. I think he's going to come back next year, reduce salary or not, and go back to being Von Miller. I, I agree. I think he is going to want – I think the Broncos and him are going to you know, think about this in its smart terms. For Von Miller to make sense to stay with Denver for his brand, for you know all the support that people love him, uh, just for everything that he does, for his Madden you know, covers and his TV right. commercials, he needs Denver just as much as the Denver needs him uh, as a city. Right. Uh, the Broncos, they need a face of the franchise to get people in their seats, to get people excited. Uh, for anyone who's doubting Locke, you need people to be excited about going to games and right. buying merchandise, right. things like that. So you need to have a guy like like that around your team where people get excited when they want to go to Dove Valley and watch Von Miller practice. And then they go ahead to the shop, buy something right. for him to sign. I mean, Capitalism. Literally, <laughs> it, it, it literally makes sense for both of them to come to an agreement and make us work for both sides. No reason to think of trades, uh, anything like that. Restructure, restructure, restructure. Hey. And guys, we were all, I mean, I could speak for myself. I'm sure John will speak for himself, but we were all so hyped to get Von Miller back this year and to see what he can do in the best shape of his life, coming off a a down 2019, getting Bradley Chubb back, another year in Fangio's system. We were all loving the prospects of having Von Miller in this defense. So why would that change now? Because he stepped wrong at the end of practice and hurt his foot. It doesn't really make sense to me. But, uh, Justin Martin jumping in. I think that Tim Patrick will uh, go over 100 yards again this week. I'm starting him in one of my leagues. What do you guys think? First of all, Justin, thank you for your donation again. Thank you, uh, very much appreciated. Um, again, it comes down to game script. I, I would happen to think that if the Broncos won this game, let's say, let's say they won 24-20, it would be a big game by Philip Lindsay and a big game by Melvin Gordon. If they combined for two touchdowns, where are those touchdowns coming from? Where are those yards coming from? I hate to leave it so vague, but it's all about game flow. If they can establish the run and, and, and chew up the clock and Lindsey and Gordon pop off, let's say for 100 apiece, I don't think Patrick's going over 100 yards. When you still have Jerry Judy, when you still have Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsey, Noah Fan, you still have all these other weapons, but 
if they're forced to throw, if they're getting blown out, or if they just take a, a very pass-happy approach. Locke has that chemistry with Tim Patrick. He showed it last year. He was starting to show it this year. And one thing that a young quarterback who's prone to being a gunslinger loves in his receivers is sure hands. And there's no more sure-handed receiver, maybe with respect to Cortland Sutton, than Tim Patrick. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think Tim Patrick is someone that you can start in one of your leagues. If, you know, um, in terms of fantasy, hundred yards, it's it's a lofty goal, but um, I, I see a lot of coming from Tim Patrick. He he is playing like he knows this is you know this is his contract year. He knows right. that every play matters, and he's putting it out there. He's he's doing those toe taps, getting in on getting in those catches that you know other players may have not dragged their toes in. I'm seeing him doing a lot of different things to do all that effort and become take that next step to be appreciated as a wide receiver, uh, wide receiver too. Yeah. And if you have him in a PPR league, I would say maybe you can start Tim Patrick as your flex, but if he's your wide receiver too, that's, that's kind of a gamble. But John, I think we're out of time for tonight. I see one more mm-hmm. super chat. Yeah. We're going to end on with, with Kenneth Booker. He goes favorite football movie, one ninety nine donation. Kenneth, thank you so much. Definitely super chat superstar. John, I think Rudy is way overrated. And to me, there is no question about the best football movie ever. I still listen to the speech in it any given Sunday. And Kenneth mentioned it. I see some comments that mention it. I still listen to that speech that Al Pacino gives in the locker room. It's literally on my phone when I play it at the gym. It, it, it's that inspiring and that powerful. And I know it's a little unrealistic with the, with some of the uh, the egregious stuff that goes on in the movie. But Steeman Willie Beeman, how could you not love him? How could you not love that movie? It's a classic. Yeah, for me, you know, I have a, a pretty bad one. It was just one of those things where I watched it as a kid and, and I enjoyed it. And it's uh, with Keanu Reeves and it's The Replacements. That's a great for movie me, too. It was just enjoyable. It wasn't something, you know, too serious. And I just had a good time watching it. It was fun seeing guys be sumo wrestlers and uh, be offensive <laughs> linemen and uh, having, you know, different That's abilities for your tight ends. And it was just fun, things like that. And Gene Hackman as the coach. I mean, is that a yes. perfect role for him or not? Right, it was. And, Great movie uh, too. I think even uh, Keanu Reeves played the guy. Wasn't his name Flacco? Falco. Shane Falco. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. I th- we we should have had him last year instead of, instead of Joe Flacco. Would have been a lot You're better. Right. Yes, it would have been. It would have been great. But <laughs> it looks like we're. A, yep. It looks like we're already over the one-hour mark, and uh, it's been great being able to come on, uh, fill in for Chad. Obviously, still our condolences and our thoughts are going out to him, um, and hopefully he can take some time and uh, you know take care of himself and his family and really take care of what's most important in life, yes. really. Yeah, we'll be back uh, Sunday, guys. Chad and I would more than I can't speak for him. I don't want to speak for him, but based by, based on what I've heard from Chad, he'll be back in the saddle on Sunday night. That's when our next Huddle Up podcast will return. I think tomorrow is building is uh, Dove Valley Deep that, Divers. It is. It is. Okay, it's going to be Dove Valley Deep Divers. And uh, just so a reminder, uh, my name um, for Twitter, I'm John K M H H, and we have Kelberman NFL for Fall Zach. Uh, we are the Huddle Up podcast. You can find us at huddle up pod uh on twitter uh for twitter also at mile high huddle if you want to get some swag go ahead and get the uh, up onto huddleuppod.com uh plenty of different things there you got hats you got mugs we got shirts for women for men hoodies and 
toddlers now. I mean, you can really do anything you want when it comes to that now. And uh, the easiest thing you can do to help us out is subscribe, like, and share. It's just an organic way to help us grow, and uh, it keeps keeps us going, and uh, we really do appreciate that. It makes a world of difference. Yeah, and it looks like we got a late super chat here from Casey. $5 donation. For my message earlier, I'm not sure, John, what Casey's message was. Do you know? Do you have that pulled up? Is is this? Okay. Okay. If that's, okay. So we'll take this question, then we'll dip out. Casey, thank yeah. you for your donation you at the buzzer. Uh, John, I always should have rode off in the sunset while he had the chance. Do you think when his contract is up and they move on, he will be leaving the next GM with winner? That's the, the crux of what our debate was about John Elway's you know, uh, lifespan as the Broncos GM. If he can put the Broncos where they're back on the NFL map being relevant, if they have a franchise quarterback, let's say by the end of next season, Drew Locke is the no doubt about it franchise quarterback they win 11 games next year they challenge for the division they're a hot team in the playoffs i can see elway walking off in the sunset because he it's the one thing he hasn't done uh, john as a gm is mm-hmm. is find that young franchise quarterback he got peyton manning then he thought he had it with paxton lynch and you guys know the rest but Locke was supposed to be that guy and i just think elway's ego and his pride will not allow him to step down voluntarily from this job until he puts a better product on the field I agree. And I, I think that's what it comes down to is, as you were saying, pride. And that's who LA is. He's he's prideful. And I think he's going to ride off in the sunset feeling like he did a good job. He's led this team to uh, as a player, as an executive, and he's led them to going into the future in a good place. That's what he's aiming for. Yeah. But, uh, John, that's going to do it for tonight. We're going to get out of here. Thank you again, guys, uh, for tuning in tonight to this uh, kind of different Huddle Up Pod. But it was it yeah. was fun, John. It was definitely fun. We should do this again sometime. Yeah, definitely. It was enjoyable, uh, unfortunate circumstances. But, again, right. it was a, very enjoyable to be with you and uh, appreciate it, uh, you having me on. Uh, of course. Uh, mile high salute to everyone out there. Thank you guys for your donations again and your support. Again, Chad and I more than likely will be back on Sunday night, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Mountain. Tomorrow is DVDD. I think Saturday is Mile High Insiders. Tune into right. them. Watch them. We'll see you guys Sunday uh, right after the Broncos game. It's going to be yeah. a gut reaction to the Broncos Patriots. So we'll see you guys on the other end of that. Stay confident. Be hopeful. They can beat this Patriots team, but we'll we'll be back with the gut reaction and break it down. Until next time, John, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. 
The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.